Hey, welcome to the Mostly Skateboarding Podcast. I'm your host, Temple Tonelli, and I'm joined this week by Patrick Gagongo, Mike Munzneider, and Jason from Frozen and Carbonite for an extra fat episode looking into the coming year and making some wild predictions, and also looking back at past predictions to see how they turned out. Ashley Rayfeld is a friend to many in the skate community and a fierce advocate for women, trans, and queer skaters. She's paying out of pocket for her mom's cancer treatment. So there's a GoFundMe set up so we can help lighten the burden. If you donate at least $10 and email your receipt to mostlyskateboarding at gmail.com, we'll send you some stickers. Link to the GoFundMe at mostlyskateboarding.net. Okay, let's take a look at last year's predictions. Jason, you said Ben Ben Larry has a part, the Polar video, a Nike part, and goes pro. I feel like he's 0 for 0 on that. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, that uh, that did not come to pass. It's my understanding so that he's been injured. Uh, so hopefully he'll you know get back on it in 2023. I hope so. I'm a big fan. Oh yeah, Ripper, fucking Stone Cold Ripper, without a doubt. Patrick, you you predicted a normalization of Sodi thirst, and I think that that one most definitely came true this year. It was yeah, a very thirsty season. Not just thirsty in the pursuit of Sodi, but also within the discourse, the conversation that was happening on Slap, on Skate Twitter, in Instagram comments. This also ties with another prediction from last year, the reactionary swing in skateboarding. This is compared to the last few years of relative progressivism. For example, things like Skaters Vote or a lot of skaters getting behind Black Lives Matter. Just take a look in the comments that were happening around Sodi, especially when Tyshawn wanted again. Yeah, it seems like for some people, things are trending back in that direction. Uh, Mike, what predictions did you have? Mike had a grip. He uh, says Uto makes an actual Sodi push. Uh, I don't quite think that happened. Maybe next year? What else? New Polar video? Yes, that happened. Timberwolves snagged the sixth seed. Did that happen, Mike? They got the seventh seed. Dude, that's that's pretty close, right? I don't know a lot about sports, but six is very close to seven. I do know I do know how numbers work. Yeah, I'm still wait, waiting on that Phelps hologram. I think it's going to happen at South by Southwest this year. Hoping. Is, is there still going to be something skate-related at South by Southwest this year? I haven't heard a thing about it. It's where they're going to premiere the Phelps hologram. Uh, Mike, you also predicted the high-water mark for ride-on grinds. Do you think that happened? No, it did not. Um, people are still riding on the grinds. One of the greatest things I saw in 2022, re-ride on grinds. There's a spot here. It's the Walker Art Center. And there's, you know, back in the day, there was a perfect slappy curb. There's an old clip from like 2001 someone posted. It might have been Minneapolis clips back from its, you know, on again, off again hiatus. But um, someone put it on like, whoa, why didn't anybody like slappy that curb? It's like the perfect ride on grind. And someone replied, uh, it wasn't a thing back then. It's thoroughly still a thing. So I don't think we've hit that high water mark yet. Yeah, I'm I'm still interested in ride on grinds, I guess. We'll see. Jason, you you predict, predicted 7.75 boards are back. Did that come true? Don't think so. Maybe I think people have gotten like slightly smaller. Like um my friend Eric who's on DGK like or DGK flow or whatever recently like went down from like 8.5 to like 8, so there's been some size now but not 8. not all the way down to 7.75. So maybe you're just a little a little ahead of the trend. Well, always, always, always. Yes. Uh, did you spend two hundred dollars on skate pants this uh, past year? Close. Or did you no, Did you I, see two hundred dollars skate pants? I guess I did not. I don't recall seeing any two hundred dollars skate pants either. Not counting the um, which call it Louis Vuitton or whatever, like quote unquote skate pants that were like four thousand uh, dollars. Yeah, Wait, that doesn't really count. Didn't yeah, Mama yeah. Skate, uh, who's based in LA, Mama Skate also had a very expensive, maybe it was a one-off pair of pants. Wouldn't doubt it. That feels like maybe a little separate. You know, it's not like mass skate market, $200 skate pants. I thought like butter goods pants were that like getting close to that. Is that not true? They're, fire they're, like, they're about 100 depending. Oh, that's, I mean, that's a lot of money, but I, mean, I guess that's I, I re-listened to that episode to prepare for this week, and we were having that discussion, and Jason, ever so articulate as you are about pants, you just reminded me, you know, something we touched upon very briefly then was that it was not particularly strange to have pro skaters who were wearing designer jeans in the 90s who were buying expensive pants, you know, or maybe boosting them depending on who they were. Oh, no, yeah, like uh, whatever, Jabos or even even later, the, like the Avisus. Oh, hell yo, the Avisu jeans? Oh, man. 
I mean, it was it was a flex. Like you, it was it was yeah. big to do, and also, you know, you had to go out of your way to find those pants or those jeans. So yeah, like in the grand scheme of things, yeah, it's probably just I'm going to become more normalized. And how much were if someone wants to pull up an old CCS? How much were drawers? Because the old drawers cargos from back in the day. R.I.P. Ken Block, by the way. Yeah, Man. seriously, R.I.P. Ken Block. Um, uh, drawers, yo. yeah, I was I was a big fan of the drawers, uh, soft goods back in the day. They were like sixty or seventy. Sixty. Yeah, and that that's in, in that's in big that's in mid nineties United States dollars. Oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> just just about the time where um you know next level consumerism was starting to take over the country, but that was still quite a big ask because how much was a a regular pair of uh, Levi's 505s with some silver tab joints. Silver tab, also great fit. Yeah, highly so coveted these days. Like, yeah, weird. except everyone's wearing them wrong. But we'll get into that when we get into predictions. Well, should we move on to uh, looking into the future instead of looking back at the past? Any other predictions that stand out? I, speaking for myself, I, I thought that 917 was going to shut down. They didn't. They're somehow still alive. Barely. <laughs> or are they? I don't know. I don't know. I'm like not even checking for 917 anymore. Schrodinger's brand, man. <laughs> They're relegated to the explore feed. Oh, <laughs> They're not even coming up in your algorithm. But yeah, guess not. Let's look to the future. Yes, let's. Mike, what um, what do you see in your crystal ball of skateboarding? Oh man, how serious do I want to be? You know, it's uh, it, leap of faith was 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 kind of drummed up again because what someone ollied something really big. Is that what that discussion was all about? Yep. I think fools are going to step to the train track gap. And I don't think it's going to go too well. Oh, I, like they're going to go to that, 145th and try to make a name for themselves? Yeah, I think it's like, I mean, skaters are uh, pretty notoriously, uh, can be followers in certain aspects. And I think, you know, someone's going to go up there and try to 360 flip it. If you're regular foot, you know, that seems like you'd want to zing over that. Yeah. I think we're going to see some uh, potentially not fun footage before we see some makes as people go to try to up their clout. Clout with a K. Is that still a thing? Wait, the social media oh, that website app? thing? Yeah. Yeah, just a red herring there. Sorry. <laughs> I, wait, wait, makes me wonder what my clout score too? is right now. <laughs> I, mean, I checked my clout score probably in like 2015. It was low. Oh, I, <laughs> hope, I, think I, hope was... My, I hope my credit score is higher than my clout score. <laughs> Damn. If your cost score is higher than your credit score, it's like you got a problem. Yeah, for sure. Exactly. Can't get the IROG Z Camaro without uh, good credit. Jason, what are, what are you predicting? All right. Well, I'm doubling down on one of my predictions from last year. Um, I predicted that everyone's favorite, Kevin Bradley, would you know make a comeback of sorts. I'm doubling down on that based on information I have from a reliable source. There is footage. Filming is happening, so I'm doubling down on my prediction from last year. Uh, Kevin Bradley come back with, with a full street part, full street part, in 2023. I'm I'm co-signing this prediction because I I do maybe maybe we have the same inside source, but I feel like you know sources on the streets are, are talking about the KB street part. Patrick, what do you got? One word: contraction. I think that we saw some cuts. Um, we saw some team changes last year that indicated that. Maybe the skate industry is slowing down after a couple of years where things were pretty crazy, to say the least. I think that Soltech will make one last run at relevance outside of the crew denim Orange County set. And Hold I think on. We, we, I'm dead we ass. contraction, though. Yeah. Wait. You got to flesh that out. What, contraction? Yeah, I can see cuts, man. I mean, shit. Like, think about all of the, the, the time and energy that went into the NFT space, into the Web3 space and skating, and then everything that happened over the summer. You know, those oh, discussions dude. have become much, much quieter. It actually seems silly that Pizza Skateboards named a video Ethereum because now it just dates <laughs> it. <laughs> it dates it terribly. It was dated when they came out with that video with that name, and now it's even more shocking when you look back on it. But, you know, that's not a, a total dismissal of NFTs, the, the, the Web3 space, but it was already a rarefied lane within skateboarding. I just don't see skate media or people outside very wealthy pros or ex-pros exploring it any further. It just doesn't feel like it's going to happen. Now, I do contradict myself in saying that I anticipate one last hurrah from Soltech, something that will 
maybe bring them back into the good graces of people who haven't been checking for them in over a decade. But I can definitely see some cuts at Nike, definitely some cuts at Adidas. And I'm also predicting, I'm also predicting, yeah, I'm predicting it's going to be a weird year for shoes. I don't, for some reason, there's part of me that's wondering if it still feels right. It doesn't necessarily feel good. What do y'all think? Man, you know, you know what? I was kind of expecting a bunch of team changes on the first of the year because it usually happens that way, but it didn't didn't happen. Well, know? we got um, we got Luan got dropped by Nike, and oh no shit, Merrick Zaprozny got dropped from Primitive, so it, it's happening. When we were talking the other day, uh, Spencer from Village Psychic was in town. We were at the skate park talking about just how. There's so many talented skaters that can't really get like a solid footing, let's say with a shoe sponsor or whatever, or even, you know, a solid board sponsor or like a clear, clearly defined board sponsor. You know, we were talking about Coverboy Nick Matthews, who seems to be settling on the anti-hero camp. But like when you're kind of one of the most hyped dudes in 2022 and yet it's like, who's who's he ride for again? Does anybody actually know? Like <laughs> that seems like there's not a lot of jobs out there i mean that i'm trying to think of like try to name four more dudes who had as much or more juice than nick matthews for last year and it's like you're not coming up with many and yet that's the situation that guy's in i i I do see if not contraction just like yeah it's a tough job market out there for these uh for these young boarders which and, and and thinking about the return of club football more specifically english premier league soccer you know i think about lower to mid-table teams, you know, teams that are not part of the big six, the first six within the the rankings, you know, the weekly rankings of the teams. I'm thinking about teams that are lowly, normally in the middle or the lower end of the table, teams who sometimes get relegated. And I sometimes think about you have great talent in those teams who we just saw the end of the World Cup. You have guys like there's a guy who plays for the French national team, uh, Randall Kolomouani, the guy who came on 44 seconds in the game against Morocco and delivered a goal like within those 44 seconds. You know, that dude was playing third, fourth division three years ago. But there was a place for him in the national team because he's talented enough and, you know, this was a guy who could be shaped and molded. And what's weird about skateboarding is that what does that alternate lane look like where maybe your club game isn't so tight, maybe your 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 board sponsor or whatever, or what's the equivalent? What's another place for a skater to really shine for skateboarding? You know, not just for modeling or acting or playing in a cool band or DJing. I mean, it's it's YouTube and uh, Patreon. Did somebody put Patreon skaters on here? Or, no, oh, hell Instagram, no. Somebody talking about it. But <clears throat> yeah, I mean, it's. I think that those those kind of guys are going to have to explore alternative means of uh, employment or of getting money, you know. And I think it's going to be a little bit cringe until it isn't, you know. Like, Speaking of cringe, sorry to interrupt. <laughs> Uh, what's what's up with speaking of cringe? Antonio Dural. What a great skateboarder. What is he doing on Skate Mental? Man, I skate you know, was all right. This, this is, <laughs> is going into another one of my rod. predictions, but I think Lightning the skate rod of a brand. <laughs> yeah, I, I I think that the <laughs> skate I think Skate Mental is going to have a video this year, and I think it's going to be really good. I think that I mean... like Jake Anderson is fucking sick. Antonio Dural. Kern Cables is like on one. I could see Kern Cables making like a Sodi run out of nowhere. So yeah, he se- yeah, he seems like that that type. That seems like, like a Mad Libs. I would do that. Yeah, it's a, like Jack <laughs> Curtin. Who's the Euro? There's one Euro on there. Oh yeah, I don't remember that guy's name, but he can do like a frontside crooked gun really long. Oh, see, this is oh, the problem. That, is that that guy with the crazy pants and the slick back hair? No, no, Which he's one? not on Skate Mental anymore. Adrian oh, Del Campo. Okay. Wait, uh, he, is he on Skate Mental? Yeah. He might still be on Skate Mental. I thought he was on DGK. No, he left DGK for Skate Mental. Oh. I just, I, I genuinely, I, I don't understand it. I mean, I didn't maybe read mandatory info that week, that month. Shit. I Pat, just, I, go on. Patrick, are you referring to the kind of like, uh, like eighth grade sense of humor graphics? Exactly. From and also, he, the fact that he came from numbers, like, it, it was. I thought that that was going to be. I think maybe a lot of us hoped that that would that numbers would be a nice lift for everybody. That even though the team didn't work out, the company went under or was 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 shuttered, that everybody would end up taking a big leap from it. Because we've seen that happen before for certain skaters, and I just I don't know. There's something weird about. 
I feel like an Antonio Durao should be top tier. You know, if he's a soccer player, he should be playing for Chelsea or Arsenal or Man City, not Burnley. You know? he, I mean, he might just be Wednesday. a weird dude or something. Like he might just not not fit in or not be into it or whatever. You know, it could be. He's so good though. Care. He's so good though. Well, I mean, he's on Nike, which is pretty much like that. That means you're top tier if you're getting support from Nike. Irrespective of your board sponsor situation, that me- pretty much means you're you're top tier. True, and his like uh, his Nike with the the Portuguese rooster, I thought think was probably one of the just the dopest things ever. So I don't I, I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm being too harsh on skate mental, and maybe that'll be a space for growth for this year. I've talked about contraction. Do y'all see any opportunities or places for growth in skateboarding right now? I think Templeton predicted maybe something like that. Yeah, my my big prediction is Asics. Uh, I mean. Clearly, they're they're up to something, so I think that this is going to be the year that that it you know comes to fruition. I know that the former Nike SB team manager is doing stuff for them, so I think you know that's obviously tons of industry connections. And as Nike cuts people loose, Asics could be a nice landing pad for some of those folks. I think it's going to be interesting. It'll be really interesting to see what Asics skateboarding looks like. I've always thought Asics look pretty cool as shoes uh, so yeah I, well, think, I think we'll see Asics. will they have gel will they have the asics gel technology that's the the big thing is it applicable to skateboarding Could yeah I mean, yeah if you're if you're jumping down shit i mean uh what did nike do they took like whatever the phylon midsole and jordans and whatnot and you know like the zoom air stuff so yeah i mean i think it could be applicable I also have a prediction along uh, along these lines, lines of expansion. Um, you got Last Resort AB, made some inroads in the U.S. market. I predict that there will be another Euro shoe brand more along the lines of, you know, cup sole, um, athletic shoe type shit at some point. Because the, the Euro scene has been, been growing too, too explosively. Do you think it's going to be like a legit Euro shoe brand that like... People are like, oh, that's cool, or is it going to be like, like a weird, uh, like fifth tier shoe brand? Like yeah, some it, of the it ones could out of be. Brazil? It could be on a similar tier of that one shoe brand on like the like the early OOS. What was that brand? Like JB was on it, Aeon or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah like Eon Footwear. Eon Footwear. It could be along those lines, or it may be more like you know limited release fashion type of shit. I don't know, but that, that that's just kind of the vibe I get as far as you know, the Euro, the Euro scene. Interesting. Okay, so if we're talking about expansion then, can you see Reebok re-entering the skate shoe lane? I feel like they've been, like, toying with it, you know? Like, they had that collab with Dime. But I don't know. I, it, I don't know. I feel like if they were going to do it, they would have done it already. What do you think, Mike? Yeah, I think that's a good read. Like, if it, if it was going to happen, it would have happened. I mean, they've got enough models. What is it, the trainer? Mm-hmm. Trainer, yeah. Reebok, Reebok Classic. Yeah, like both those shoes poured over so easily as a skate oh, yeah. shoe and just do colorways and all that. And it just seems like I would love to know the inside story of like the DGK Stevie situation and how that probably, you know, kind of fizzled dysfunctionally, I would assume. But uh, um, Jack Curtin yeah, talked about like it a it little bit on the on his interview with the bunt. Yeah. She was beautiful. Yeah, Jack was saying that like they were all saying, like, yeah, just make a skate version of, like, the classic and the workout and whatever. And then, like, Reebok folks weren't interested in that. Like, they wanted to design new sh- new stuff and... Yeah, yeah, people want to put their, you know, people want to put their mark on it. So rather than taking that user feedback, you know, the user being the skater here, they just want to design something that looks nice for their portfolio. And it's unfortunate, too, because they could hit the reset button very easily just by sending out a few boxes. Send a few boxes to the right people. You know, get your social media person to go and look up, you know, who are some people who are actually for real, for real influencers who would rock this and people would start doing it as well. And also, wasn't wasn't Reebok put up for sale by Adidas, who's their parent company? That, I don't know. I feel like I heard something about, like, wasn't there talk of, like, Master P buying it or something? <laughs> yes, there was. Oh, that nice. would have been amazing. Yeah, I mean, Reebok, I mean, on the street level, I don't see anyone wearing Reeboks. Besides, like, one dude at the gym who has, like, some whack, like, Reebok, like, 
training shoes with like that. They have like that triangle logo now or something. Oh, that's like, terrible. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? I just don't see it, man. Like you're talking about space on the wall. You know what I mean? Yeah, I just don't see it. Hmm. Okay. I yeah, mean, it's kind of a tough you know, sell. I, I I made a prediction from last year that maybe like a Diodora could get in. We saw Sergio Tacchini, the tracksuit company. They made a collab with Yard Sale last year. So for people who are into so-called bloke core or bonyu core, whatever you want to call it, that lane is still wide open for the you know sort of Europe you know forever 1990s tracksuit, maybe with an aviator jacket over it. Uh, it will always be fresh. It will always be fly. I think another space that we're seeing growth is skate literature uh, and skate academia. Anthony Papalardo, the writer, and Dr. Indigo Willing have a book that's coming out, full disclosure. I was interviewed for it, and it's about skateboarding and skate culture. Um, there's a whole bunch of people in the skateboarding and urban planning space, like Chris Giamarino, Max Dubler, obviously Ocean Howell, Dr. Willing, you know, who are writing about skateboarding from a city planning perspective and from a sociological perspective and uh, are really doing some interesting research about where skateboarding is going. And that's something that's really, really exciting as, you know, someone who's in a govy household and, you know, interact a lot more with, uh, with policy than, you know, maybe most of our listeners. And also, you know, Walker Ryan's new book, which I'm reading right now. So does all that research and uh, scholarly papers, does that trickle down to a street level in the next 10 years? You know, somebody in city planning in like Cleveland reads some paper and is like, okay, like we'll, we'll build some ledges in the downtown core and make it okay to skate. Like, do you think that we'll see, we'll start to see that kind of stuff happening? Yeah, absolutely. And here's why. Uh, there's still a huge amount of stimulus, not only from the pandemic, but also from the infrastructure law that was passed last year. And also we're seeing physical examples of this being achieved in other cities like Barcelona, like Paris, even London to an extent. There's still a lot of interest in smaller skate parks that actually fit into a neighborhood. It has yet to translate over into actual planning, into actual cities, because we're not advocating for it enough. We've got people who are advocating, you know, Jason uh, and Mike, you've talked about this really brilliantly in previous episodes that, you know, there's a whole system to getting a skate park built. And more often than not, it's big contractors who are going to build the huge Tony Hawk style mega parks. They're not going to just give us a couple of ledges and uh, a steep bank and let us, let us chill right next to a basketball court. But I think that there's a lot of potential as long as you continue to have this pipeline, skateboarding to urban planning to people who are actually working in the field. I think it's it's very possible, and that we will get to we will get to reap the benefits. Also, on top of that, LA is going to be hosting the Olympics in what 2028, and so there's definitely going to be a whole bunch of skate stuff that's going to be built then. Because I mean, dog, it's it's skateboarding and it's skateboarding in Southern California. What, what, what could be better than that? But yeah, so I do see like, I do see some potential for growth that's coming out of all the literature that's coming out. And also Walker Ryan's new book is really good. We'll be talking to Walker real soon about that book. So stay tuned, everybody. I think we need to talk about pants. I'm seeing some, uh, some changes on the horizon. Jason, you're, you're kind of our pants expert. What are you seeing? Yeah, well, I mean, you're you're already kind of seeing it, like in the new um, little video that venue made for the new venue slash uh, Gill Van shoot, like the whole like 1930s WPA worker aesthetic. You know what I mean with with the pants and like the shirt and everything. That's I think that's gonna fall by the wayside. Like Gilbert is is already wearing like slimmer pants, still a little bit of like the raw denim style but a little bit more mid-90s kind of cut or whatever. So I think that that whole pants trend is going to um, fall by the wayside. However, I mean, myself, I'm still going to keep wearing, like, the butter jeans, like the polars, just because that's what I like to wear. So, I mean, on the flip side, I don't think that subsect is is going anywhere. So baggy out. Patrick, what's, what's coming in? I think we are going to see the peak of the cringe wave this trend of outfits that are seemingly put together from all different parts of the thrift store or the Salvation Army. I think clean looks, clean lines are going to be making a very, very big comeback by summer. I think that um, because you have so much data, because you have so many photos, people are probably going to reflect on these looks and be like, I could be looking a hell of a lot smoother in summer 2023. Let's make it minimal. Because, you know, for example, it's ill-fitting jeans. It's grabbing the weirdest Modelo t-shirt from the 50 cent rack throwing this all together 
it doesn't look tight, right? It's cheap. Yes, it's affordable. I understand it. But you can put together a dope outfit without spending a lot of money. And I think a lot of people are going to realize that. Nobody comes into thrifting and secondhand shopping with immaculate taste. It's discovery. And we're watching, excuse me, we are watching that happening in real time. I know that there's going to be people who are going to try and try and try to bring back tight pants. But tight pants are great for playing music and DJing and doing other social stuff. It does not look good with skateboarding. It definitely doesn't look good with big shoes. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if we're ever going to get back to peak tight pants. I feel like we'll probably set, settle into, uh, yeah, like a happy medium, I guess, which, you know, works, works really well for me, who likes to just kind of keep it subtle. So that's fashion. Let's talk about tricks. Mike, what, what tricks are you seeing on the horizon for 2023? Um, there was that kid on Zero who just got put on Zero. Um, bonus prediction. We're going to see a lot of, this is the uh, room for expansion. We're going to see a lot of companies putting on skaters from Japan. It's like Mark every that. brand has to have a girl and a skater from Japan. And then the yes. rest of the team. Yes, yes. We're, we're, we're looking to market big in Japan. Zero's skater from Japan. He did that backside big spin, late shove it, backside 180, late shove it, whatever you want to call it. People were kind of geeking out on that. I was once called late shove it boy, both by friends and enemies. I'm invested in late shove and I think they're going to come back. We're going to see variants. You still got them? Side late shove it. Yeah, I can. I, I can. I can late shove it both ways, guys. You got it to like grind or Whoa, anything? Whoa, hey! I've I've never done it to grind. Late shove crook. I want to see this in person. And uh, going Not back to the, really. you don't do it anymore. No, I've never done it to like a grind or anything. I'm trying to think of the dumbest late shove it. Oh, backside <laughs> nollie, backside nollie, late shove it over a hip. I did it in the oh. 411 bonus section, bonus DVD. Ooh, yeah. the third layer spot check. I keep forgetting that you have uh, you got 411 credits to your name. Oh, and uh, by the way. Actually, uh, yep. actually, I don't have it to my name because they misspelled my name and then they used three other names from my other clips. <sighs> Come on, dog. James Lighthouse, Wyatt James. Maybe it was just two other names, but then I was Mike Muzzinrider. They missed the N. Is, is James Lighthouse a real name? That sounds like a fake name. It is a mystery to this day <laughs> how they came up with these names because my my roommate at the time, Benji, submitted all the footage for that 411 thing and he would totally like skunk me like that. Like just put fake names on there. James Lighthouse. That sounds like um, that sounds like you ever seen that like in that post on Twitter, it's like fake American names from a Japanese baseball game. <laughs> like Bobson yeah. Dugnut or whatever. It sounds like one of those names. Like like a fake American name from a Japanese yeah. baseball game. <laughs> I feel That's like James Lighthouse is a good name for uh like a fake ID or something. Like yeah, an alias. Yeah, exactly. If you ever get put up against a wall by the police that are asking for your name, just James Lighthouse. Also, it's uh Kairi Natsuke is the new writer for Zero. Oh uh, yeah, the, the heel flip guy. I remember that guy from oh, he was from, a heel flipper from Tampa Ann. He was yeah. heel flipping in and out and everything. He was really, really good at Tampa M. Yeah, wait, uh, he won in 2019, which feels like and was forever ago. Um, and back to one more thing about fashion. Uh, this is a question that somebody, actually a few people have asked, and actually something that an old friend from the DMV had brought up, is that there's a wide open space for women's clothing in skateboarding. Not just that, you know, potato sack unisex thing that certain big brands are doing, right? And two things are going to have to happen in skateboarding. To address that, either number one, skate companies and just start hiring women designers and have them actually cutting shapes and doing doing samples and actually making clothes for women who skate, or women are just gonna have to do it themselves. That's I think gonna become really, really, really evident. And I also think that maybe as a tip away from last year's or 2022's Sodi madness, I think there has to be a different way. There has to be a different way to determine what Sodi is. It, it can't just be this, this, this huge rush of content at the end of the year that drowns out everything else that's happening. Unless Thrash is cool with that. I feel like they're probably cool with it. I feel like they are probably pretty happy to be in control of all the best footage. Which somebody yeah. brought up, somebody I was chatting with brought up the prediction that more brands are going to start using their own YouTube channel to put videos out. They're going to stop giving Thrasher all their best stuff. because Who's on that tip already? Is it Nike... Nike, Nike primitive, primitive, 
I think they're they're kind of on the forefront of that. Pizza Wait, will it? not be doing that. <laughs> <laughs> we can't keep laughing at pizza. They got Vincent. They got, excuse me, Vincent Milou. So like we can't keep laughing at them. They got an amazing skater in him. Is Ducky still on the team or he gone? Ducky's gone. Yeah, I I, I think pizza has Vincent Milou for now. He flew the coop. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you did. It's just yeah. close. It wasn't perfect. <sighs> no, the Vincent, the Vincent Malou party is, is 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 really, 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 really good, and has a great old French disco song. It's the Italian version, but ooh, he's he's really, really, he's really impressive. And I think the move to Adidas was the right one. And it'll be interesting to see what him and Lucas Pui get up to. Shout out to the French gang. But yeah, you know, back to that point about women's clothing. Like, there's a real need and there's a real lane for some actual serious investment in it. And we don't have companies like Poot around anymore who are actually really beloved. And then obviously, you know, Rookie, but Rookie was first and foremost a, bro- a board brand. But Yeah, I, I hope to see some ladies do it themselves. I like, you know, not not with like Nike or Adidas or whoever. Like, I, I think it would be really cool to see some ladies strike out on their own and do something really cool in the skate outerwear space. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, that's a really good point. Like, that's a huge market, and I don't think there's anything out there at the moment. I mean, Nike makes some shit, but, you know, it's pretty generic. Yeah, it's not just having shoes in other sizes. It's having tops. It's having certain types of pants. You know, it's actually saying, like, okay, doing some real research and seeing, like, what do women in skateboarding want? What's the game? What's the game missing? And Again, you know, I, I'm not trying to be terribly dismissive here, but like a lot of stuff that is marketed as unisex is very much like potato sack. It really is more like it should be marketed as, you know, more androgynous than anything, which is cool, but it's not for everybody. And most importantly, it doesn't look good on everybody. I think that's that's the other thing. You have to have a variety of fashions for a wide variety of bodies. And skate companies are leaving money on the table by not doing that. I, I think it's it's a... It's a really hard business doing something not average, especially with clothing because sizing is so difficult. You know, like I used to work at a brand that made apparel and it was really hard to like make anything like above size 38 and have it be financially viable because basically like for clothes, you got to make a whole new like pattern for the next size up. So, and then, you know, that's all extra costs every time. And, like, there's factory minimums and all that shit. It's just, like, what I learned is it's not that easy. Oh, which leads to another prediction. I think that a lot of the supply chain issues of the last couple of years are going to have a huge influence on future business decision-making. I think you'll see some companies, or some skate companies, rather, who have offshored some of their production. If they can afford to bring some or all production back to the U.S., or move it to other countries, I think that definitely that's definitely going to happen. I mean, I, I think the move is you just have a warehouse full of blanks and a bunch of graphics that you can heat press onto those blanks on demand. And, you know, that warehouse is run by, you know, some shadow company that presses boards for like half the companies in the industry. Or like, awesome. it would be like, a, like, that would be a great business plan for like small brands. You know, like, you just be, like, the warehouse for, you know, 10 different small brands. Free business idea right there. Yeah, there you go. Either that or we can go whole hog and say that we need to organize crime to make moves into skateboarding. <laughs> God, I don't know if we need that. See some, some cameras smashed and some legs broken. So, I'm going to dumb it down a little bit, but it kind of rides on that organized crime tip, maybe, depending on which part of the franchise you're talking about i want to see i am excuse me i don't want to see i am predicting tyshawn's gonna get a guest role on law and order dude i, I think once what yeah, hold I, on sweetener templeton sweetener if he really wants to blow minds we're gonna get a heel turn on svu which one aren't there like 10 law and orders and five svus so, so they brought back the og law and order so that's like the easiest oh, right, one probably right, yeah. to just walk on. I think they shoot in New York. SVU is the one with like the most insane, like it's like the sexual predators. Like the plot lines are just just out of out of control. And like, yeah, yeah, we we want to up Tyshawn's clout score this year. Get him on SVU. Oh, oh, then those yo, he'll become a maybe he could uh, as what though? 
as a as the guest professional skate. It's like you know, they'll come up with some ridiculous name, Ice T. It's like professional skateboarder, one of the best in the world. Once Sodi, <laughs> twice learned that in narcotics. <laughs> Shit. This kid's popping cans, but in the hood, I don't know, man. I'm not going down that route. Not going down that route. Holy shit! We we yeah, just I mean, wrote Tyshawn's cameo, and uh, yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if he went down that road, down that route a little bit. Dick I Wolf, feel like Tyshawn. I feel like Tyshawn has like a PR company, like you know, like the Hot 97 thing, and like yeah, uh, yeah. the um. Who was it? The celebrity that like shouted out his Sodi win, like Tracy Ellis, like Tracy Ellis, yeah, Ross Tracy Ellis Ross, yeah, yeah. A bunch of like yeah, a bunch of bunch. That of was a big dude. one, but also Eddie Murphy. Oh yeah, yeah. Like yeah, how does Eddie yeah, Murphy right? know about Tyshawn? You know, like I I think that there's like a PR firm that's helping push Tyshawn. I feel like Tyshawn is is going to be the modern day Tony Hawk. Not that there can be another Tony Hawk, and like we're in a different era, but I I think that Tyshawn is going to reach that kind of level of fame like he's he's going to be famous outside of skating for skating i mean muska muska made a guest turn on entourage right i believe he yeah, did, oh, yeah. yeah he did it's pretty cool at the time but i could see i could see tyshawn getting into acting and maybe just you know hanging it up from skateboarding for a bit and just being like a recurring character you know the hot-headed young detective on svu <laughs> <laughs> but one one thing we got to consider is King just launched, so he's got to put put some serious energy into that to get King on its feet first. He just needs some product third. placements. Yeah, hey, there you go. Or maybe he just needs to get the third big homie rider. Like, who's going to be that third person for King skateboards? Because it's him and Nakel. So kind of like we had Muska, then it was Muska and Steve Olson. And I think was it Schmalik who was that announced last, or was it the other way around? For shorties, that is. No, I, I think, yeah, I think Smolik was third. He was, like, yeah, the secret weapon or whatever. No, which he was. I mean, like, what, you've only seen him in a couple of voice commercials in 411 and what is that San Diego video that we all love? Troubleshooters. Yeah, some cinematographer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he, yeah, he probably had some. Oh, yeah, he was also in, he was also in Etnies High Five. I was like, okay, this dude is good. But then, like, shorties, Smolik, oh, my goodness. So they need somebody like that, somebody who, like, who has the juice. Nick Matthews would have been the, the pickup. <laughs> oh, you know what? They should get, you know who they need to get from Supreme, right? Ben Cadow? Yep. <laughs> I think his stock, his stock is rising. He, I think he is going to become the big favorite at Supreme. That's just crazy enough to work. All like, right. that way, like, think, think about that one, though, that would be. Anyway. Templeton, please go on. Let, let's go from what works to what is not going to work uh, in the next year. Patrick, you talked a lot about contraction and uh, downward mobility. Mike, you got you got anybody on your uh, on your radar that's a sinking ship? I mean, just because I kind of think it's the most. This is tangentially what you're asking me for, but um, I think it's the most flavorless spot in the world. So I'd like to see Jaquan get redeveloped. I predict it will get redeveloped. Ooh. I keep doing this wrong. <laughs> though, though I'm, I might give it a reprieve because um, Kai Kishi, April guy, did a frontside nollie heel, fakey frontside nose grind, switch big spin out at Jaquan, and that was like the best tech trick I've seen in a long, long, long time. Yeah, so maybe it gets a one. reprieve. They did it perfect. Jason, you're, you're saying a shoe company is going to cease operations. You got any, any line of sight on which one that might be? Um, can't say at this time, but don't think it's going to be Nike or Adidas. Probably one of the smaller guys, either a skater own or yeah, I think, I think one of like the smaller skater own ones going to see his operations. Can I, can I double dip and give another prediction? Sure. Please do. Yeah. Speaking of like media fame and that kind of thing, we saw it happen with Instagram a little bit, but I think like the platform is so huge. Like with the kids, like kids in high school or whatever, it's like literally all they look at. So I think a skateboarder will get sponsored by a legit company off of TikTok, off of TikTok fame. Like this is a realm that I know nothing about, but just by how like ubiquitous the platform is, I think, you know, that's something that could happen, probably will happen. I feel like there might be some like shadow hookups, but I don't think anybody's going to fully hook up a TikToker. That, that's my take. You know, we didn't see it with, with YouTube. And I feel like, yeah, yeah we, I guess we saw a little bit of it on Instagram, but I, I think that TikTok might be a bridge too far. Until Burberry, it's not. Airy 
goes the TikTok route. Right. Gel sponsor. <laughs> I mean, there is a lot of like fashion advice on on TikTok, so maybe that's a lane. Yeah, it's, yeah, it, hair, it's insane. Uh, like, tips. I don't know. There's like fucking like whatever you could be looking for. There's like call like video game shit, fashion, like I don't know, hit history or whatever. I don't know. It's crazy. I've definitely learned a lot of Adobe Premiere little tricks and tips on TikTok. Oh yeah. Um, speaking of that, I think something else that's going to happen in terms of contraction. I think the skate high fashion lane is going to shrink a lot more. I think you won't have as many skaters who are going over and hanging out with folks like the late Virgil Abloh. I think that um, it was a fun window while it lasted, but I, I can't see it. I can't see it sustaining. I mean, that stuff strikes me as like, you know, it's noteworthy. It might be cool, but it's so distant from any, you know, 17-year-old kid on the street that, yeah, yeah, I don't see... I don't know. Like they, that whole part of the game, they had their fun. They've moved on. True, but if LVMH wants to send some custom trunks filled with goods to four podcasters located across the United States, I mean, I wouldn't be mad. Don't sniff about it. Oh yeah, totally. DM DM for the address. I got everybody's address. Well, I I think Monarch is gonna go under. Maybe not this year, but probably by twenty twenty four. You, you don't think they're going to make the Olympics? Because actually, 2023 Olympics are going to be in Paris next year, which means the run-up for a lot of companies has already started. So you think Monarch is not going to make it to the next Olympics, even though they've got Olympians galore on their lineup? Man, I like I didn't really consider that, so I, I may have to uh, amend my my take. But I I feel like Monarch is already on shaky ground, so I. I just feel like they might just might not make it. I could see it being one of those situations where Sky Brown and Letizia are getting offers that they can't refuse from other brands, and they're just going to be like, you know what? Peace out. Monarch's under Dwindle, right? They're under the Dwindle umbrella? I believe I just learned that. That would be funny if Dark Star's still around and Monarch is gone. It'd be awesome if... They shuttered Monarch and just moved Sky Brown and Leticia over to Darkstar. Dark, to Darkstar, yes. <laughs> or Enjoy or, you know, whatever. <laughs> Almost. I, I mean, I wouldn't, I, wouldn't be, I wouldn't be surprised, but I, I, I feel like... So many zombie companies. God, I, I think the world is all zombie companies. And yet, they're still, they're still doing things. Actually, by the way, I was in Culver City. I met up with a, an old buddy for lunch. Yes, and uh, I parked in front of the building where... Elwood Clothing is now based. Now it's probably changed hands so many times that it doesn't even resemble the company that we once remember. But Elwood was cool. Edward Sebastian was cool. What the hell happened to these companies that made good skate clothes? I think they got sold and became whack. I mean, Maddox is like, I see that shit in Fred Meyer now. What is Fred Meyer? Oh, it's like a grocery store that also has like a, a little kind of department store in it. Uh, kind of, it yeah. It's like a Target if Target was... Like, if you flipped it, like, more food than other goods. Okay. God, that's so, that's so weird. But, yeah. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be weird. Like, I've made my – I'm hedging my bets on things are going to – belts are going to get tightened and things aren't going to be so hot for a lot of people. Not to say that they were great for everybody anyway. There's still a huge amount of income inequality and inequality of opportunity in skateboarding. But at the same time, though, Paris Olympics next year. Again – and France wants to send four first-class tickets. <laughs> Shit, I'll I'll go coach if if you need if you need to. <laughs> no, oh, the, the French, uh, the French like embassy or whatever. Uh, I mean, something tells me we could make it happen. There's got to be a ministry of podcasts over there. Yeah, some some <laughs> ministry. There you go. So uh, does that mean mostly skateboarding? We're all going to get the Legion of Honor. We get to meet the president. You know, it's going to be a. I just banquet. want one of those jumpsuits. Yo, <laughs> the fits will be the fits will be amazing. But yeah, I, 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 you know, back to the Olympics. I feel like it was it was very much a shit show. And USA, the USA Olympic Committee. You know, we had a whole episode talking about a lot of the trials and tribulations that they've been going to through. And I feel like it's it was a ship up or shape out. What shape up or ship out? Excuse me for for Paris twenty twenty four, um, especially for for Team USA. Because if Team USA is, you know, organizationally in disarray and they can't bring home the hardware, oh man, the jokes will never stop. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I kind of along those lines, I think that women's skateboarding is going to continue to 
progress at lightning speeds and I think that that's gonna come for some of the early sponsored female skaters they're just gonna not uh be progressing as fast as the younger kids and they're they're not gonna not gonna have a spot on the team anymore meanwhile there's dudes who haven't put out footage in 10 15 20 years still getting boxes and checks yeah totally and you know probably some of those are gonna get their walking papers too i just think that like i guess what i'm getting at is i think that there's there was like a rush to sponsor women skaters and i think some brands just scooped up you know, somebody that kind of fit the vibe or whatever that, you know, maybe wasn't as skilled as maybe they should be. And I think that they're going to look around and be like, wait a minute, like, you're not really at the level that you need to be. And this girl over here is half your age and ripping and cool and can like actually hang on all the spots that we're going to. So, you know, time to make a switch. Yeah, I mean, but that's also a reflection on tokenism in the industry. You know, it can't just be it's like, well, we're going to have uh, the team, then we're going to have one woman skater, and we're going to have one skater from Japan so that we have at least some person who's going to be representing Japan and getting us into the Olympics. Bong. Yeah, that, I mean, that's, that's, that's business. It is business, but tokenism never works. It never, ever, it, it never, ever, ever works. Um, and also, I think uh, fans, you know, skaters, people can, they, they can see through that shit. You know? Yeah, I think that's right. And I mean, maybe this would be kind of like writing some tokenism. I don't know. I mean, it, it, it genuinely depends. I think there's, again, you know, the, hopefully we are post-post-COVID in 2024, but I think that there's going to be, with an audience in in Paris, that there's going to be big-time expectations. And I think that without a COVID pandemic raging, I think that there's going to be, there's going to be much bigger demands placed on, on, on skaters. And also a lot of skaters will, will they'll, they'll know, like they'll, they'll know how to, to prepare for an Olympics. You know, once you've gone and competed at that level once, you know what to do the next time, you know, it happens in NBA finals. It happens in the world cup. You know, there's a championship. There is indeed a championship mindset. And that even if you lose a final, at least you know what steps physically, mentally you need to take to get there. So I think that's that's going to have an effect as well, and and I think that will probably this is muddying the waters a little bit, Templeton. But I think that there might be some teams who might just sign contest killers just because hey, we need somebody on the team who's going to be doing numbers and and having our board on TV and in magazines and on uh, on social media. So I feel like that's kind of what the um, Vincent Malou pickup might have been for Adidas. You know, they're like, hey, we can get ourselves a, a French Olympian and he'll be wearing our shoes for the olympics exactly 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 and uh also another one last prediction here is that uh, i think this is the year that we finally retire i'd rather watch gino push we got to come up with something better uh, yeah I'm, I'm pretty done with that all right yeah let, let's wrap this up and we'll go through and get a quick prediction from everybody uh mike give me a quick prediction dang i think i ran out most of mine oh um the front nose nollie heel to fakie is already intolerable, so let's just, I, I predict that that trick will be banned. All right, Mike's banned front nose nollie heel fakie. Jason, and just, just, uh, oh, uh, just, just so we can mention the other banned tricks, uh, don't want to see any bump to bar ollies this year. Sorry. I, I put out a press release on that. Yeah, sorry, Templeton. No dice. There's one more, but I forget. Yeah, so. Let's throw it to someone else. Oh, I, I, ha- I have another trick uh, prediction. Hopefully, uh, you can see this one coming a mile away. Uh, hopefully, the front side, tail side kickflip to regular will uh, be retired. Can, can I jump in there? It's related. Yeah. Sure. For 2023, I predict that anybody that does the step off tail slide <laughs> on street will go to prison. <laughs> Damn. You're coming for Brian so Anderson, much. huh? Like, no, I'm, no, he's doing that on transition. He's not doing it. I'm sorry. I'm uh, if I came for Brian Anderson, then I must be consistent. Brian Anderson must go to prison. Like, yeah, I mean, dude, just do a clean like pop out to fakie. It isn't hard. Like, we can tell if you like like squiggle your toe back. You know what I mean? Right after you get in the tail side, what's going on? You know, you can just turn the clip off at that point. <laughs> yeah, you, you guys are both giving me. <laughs> You guys are both giving me like very disappointed dad energy. Like, <laughs> like, like I just did something real bad. I, I want to see Jason. You need to like Elvis shoot your TV 
when you see the toe squiggle, just plow. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. I mean, listen, y'all, yeah, y'all know what I mean. Shoot like, I mean, shoot like a clean pop out to a fakie, or even like even like a kick flip to a regular. I mean, a, I mean, yeah, pop out to a fakie. Even a kick flip to a fakie isn't that bad. But like, yeah, the kick flip out to regulars is way too, way too overblown. They're always forty. They always, they only turn forty-five degrees. There's like nobody <laughs> ever gets it all the way straight out. No, I'm, I'm with you on this, and I'm a frontside tail slider. And you know, full disclosure, I'd kill to be able to kick flip out to straight or anyway. But for my consumption of skateboarding, yeah, yeah, prison. Not interested in seeing it. All right, Patrick, you got one last prediction for the people. There's going to be ironic. And then unironic, Niger Love from even the most hardened of haters. It brings me no joy to say that, but I think Niger Houston is going to. Uh, what's the name? Uh, what's the name in wrestling? Is he's no longer heel? Is he going to be a wizard, a babyface? Yeah, yeah, I can see that happening, which feels really weird to say out loud. But interesting. I mean, it seems like he beat the charges, so you know. I mean, that's still still very very off putting for a lot of us who observe him. Um, and it's shocking that it took so long for him to address the allegations um, that were levied against him in public. It took that long. Um, and it felt weird burying it in a, in a Thrasher magazine. But I'm not going to pretend to be his attorney, nor his fan or friend. But for some reason, I can picture a Niger that's dropping some parts and maybe a shoe that all of a sudden, you know, blows up or something like that. Um, I'm just calling it. I'm not saying I'm participating, but I can definitely, you know, where else is that going to go? How much more hated can you be? At some point, it flips around, and it's like, this shit's like wrestling. You know, it's, it's wild. There's a, he's already on his third Nike shoe with, like, so little fanfare, as far as, you know, from my point of view goes. He's churning it out. And I do feel like the tide has turned a little bit, and maybe this is just, you know, a social media point of view where people are like, gotta hand it to Nyjah. He ripped the hardest for 2022. Yeah, let's see that happening. Yeah, I, I think that's a very solid prediction. I, I mean, also, I saw a dude at El Sereno Skate Park last week, full Niger kit. Whoa. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm dead serious. The, the tattoos, the shorts, the, the long basketball type, uh, basketball jersey type tee, the silver chains and whatnot. And he was, he was skating like Niger too. So. Man, California, it's a whole different world. It is a yes, whole man. different world. It's a crazy-ass <laughs> place you got there. Yeah, but again, this was not ironic. This was not a joke. I was just like, this dude really like put thought into this outfit. So like, I looked at himself in the mirror. I was like, man, I look tight as fuck. Damn. Did he have a massive like upper upper body? Yeah, actually, he did. Like he was he was pretty cut. Like he I, was like, his neck and shoulders. Um. He was, it must have been four or five years ago now. It was pre-pandemic, but that dude was here for a demo. And, like, yeah, he's, he's not your typical skater upper body. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure his, his weight training and his personal training program is 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 amazing for him. But, you know. Niger, again, the guy at the park. Uh, both of them. Both yeah. of them. Both of them. But, you know, I just like, you know, short shorts and a good soccer jersey and some tall black socks. There we go. I, I think I'm more stoked on just, like, jeans and a not so gaudy t-shirt or like dickies i'm more a dickies guy actually uh that's what i'm stoked to see which brings us to the end of our show where we talk about what we're stoked on mike what are you stoked on this week uh got out skating today which was the first time skating for about two weeks felt very fresh was stoked on that also stoked to see some uh clips of clint peterson skating at the familia hq where i skated today he was uh, apparently back in the Twin Cities over like the Christmas time. My buddy Benji Meyer, that's at Benji underscore Meyer, if you want to find the clip on Instagram that I'm talking about. Um, yeah, it was cool to see Clint skating. He's one of the all-time best from the Twin Cities. He had a great part in the local video, Midopoly, from 1999. So yeah, just stoked to see him do a 360 flip. He's got one of the good ones. Watch that Midopoly part if you want to see the best ever kickflip manual double flip out. Uh, Jason, wow. what are you stoked on? Venture Trucks out of San Francisco, California. Uh, stoked on a few videos. A video by the name of Carousel out of D.C. A filmer by the name of Jacob Palumbo put that together. Really sick, like, ledge tech footage at surprisingly very little of was filmed at Pulaski. I mean, there's there's so many spots in D.C., dude. Like, it, it's insane. 
also stoked on the uh, Vans X Venue Skate Shop Gilbert Crockett Pro Model Shoe. Um, I think the low tops are really nice, like turquoise, ice blue type color. They put a little video together on the shop Instagram. And for the first hundred or so, they made they made these little wooden SunTrust benches or Truist or Crestar or whatever they call that place now. You know, those benches in Richmond that everyone skates. Yep. Pretty fun, cool. Also stoked on uh, Christmas Day, the memory screen re-edit guy made a nine-minute Julian Stranger re-edit, which if you're from my generation, I mean, you were probably stoked on. So if you haven't seen that, go check it out. Probably figure out why, you know, everyone from my generation is like, oh, Julian, he's the best. Uh, Patrick, what are you stoked on this week? I am stoked on, uh, I'm, I'm stoked on a few things. I'm stoked on Spitfire Wheels. I want to give a shout out to Jim T and everybody at Deluxe for their friendship and everything, but also for sending my father-in-law a hoodie over Christmas. That was really, really nice. I'm obviously very stoked on friends and family. 2022 was a, a very, very challenging year on multiple fronts, but I am cautiously optimistic for 2023. Tumbleton, what are you stoked on this? I am stoked on the end of the holidays and a return to normalcy. I'm uh, kind of a major humbug, so glad to get back to regular life uh, and stoked on some AirPods that I got for Christmas. It was something that my wife was like, hey, do you want AirPods? And I was like, no, I don't want any of that fucking Bluetooth bullshit. And uh, she ignored me and got me AirPods, and I'm like, these are fucking great. So sometimes it's good to, uh, sometimes people know you better than you know yourself, so stoked on the AirPods. And that's it for our show this week. Be sure to check out mostlyskateboarding.net for links to the things that we talked about and other show notes. Don't forget to make those donations in order to get some stickers. All that information is at the top of the show and on the website, of course. Uh, until next time, you can keep up with us all week online. Jason, where can the people find you? On Twitter, at Carbonite1994. On the Instagram, at FrozenCarbonite. And writing stuff for chorusnacks.com. Mike, where can the people find you? I'm on Twitter and Instagram under the same handle, at M Munzenrider. You can also find me in the 411 at James Lighthouse. <laughs> Patrick, Patrick, where can the people find you? Okay, so you can find me on Twitter under the handle at Colonel K Speaks. You can also find me on Instagram under the handle at Pikigongo and also doing stuff as the acting board chair for the Howell Hunter Foundation. Templeton, where can the people find you on the internet? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Mostly Skate and on Instagram at Mostly Skateboarding. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks.